probably more of a process just for them is go in and search for yourself, like simply Google your own brand. Okay. So that's, that's better than some of these tools that are out there. Actually give it the eye test. How does your brand show up and Google yourself? How are the business directories displaying you? What's on the right hand side with your Google My Business listing? And actually just really look at how you can optimize that. Welcome to the Kind Boss Podcast, brought to you by Outsourcing Angel, an Australian-based social enterprise that specializes in helping business owners free up their time and reduce staffing costs, while helping to create employment opportunities for people in developing countries. Visit OutsourcingAngel.com today. Now, let me welcome your host, Lynn Pedetti. Hello, kind listeners. I'm your host, Lynn Pedetti. Today, we'll be speaking to Matthew Hawker, founder and digital strategy consultant of Hawker Web Solutions. Matthew is known as a data nerd that enjoys analyzing data to find opportunities for business growth. He dives deep into understanding your data, which allows him to map out the best digital strategies for clients. Listen on as he shares how he utilizes SEO to help businesses maximize their ROI and exceed their goals. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Kind Boss Podcast. And today I have Matthew Hawker. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Lynn. Hey, and how is things in, is it Bendigo that you're living right now? Yeah, Bendigo. A little bit from Melbourne. Things are going well. Obviously, times are a bit different at the moment. Kids are just all going back to school, so juggling that work-life balance. Yeah, and how are the shops all open now? Because I know I've always lived in the city. I never lived kind of in the, the countryside. How's the country life right now? Yeah, most things are starting to open back up. I guess a lot of our clients, they're, yeah, a lot of them are in between stages. So you'll have a lot that are opening up, but the hospitality, tourism industries, they're all uh, still taking some time to when they're opening up, et cetera. So. Cool, yeah. cool. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited till everything just goes back to, you know, complete normal. But I wanted to exactly. talk to you because, you know, as a business owner, small business or big business, we're always in need for more leads. And, you know, the coronavirus really taught us a lesson about being online because like, I think a lot of people took their time with putting a lot of investment in their online presence. And until the current, something like the coronavirus, it's kind of like, whoa, I really need to be online. But, you know, so this is a perfect conversation, but I really want to talk to you about, you know, what are kind of the strategies would you suggest to someone going, okay, I just need more leads? Yeah, sure. So if you're talking about somebody just coming straight out of the COVID-19 sort of crisis, et cetera, it depends what type of business they're in. So we work with so many different types of business, local in particular, and a lot of that is to do with their local SEO, et cetera, which takes time. But so some of them sorts of things really just depends. Do you lead the, need the needs now, uh, leads now or is it more in the future? So I think you need to have two different strategies there. If you're looking just for leads now, you're normally looking more for sort of pay-per-click advertising, marketing funnels, setting up remarketing campaigns, all that type of thing. But then also you need that component on top of it where looking for leads for the future. So yeah, uh, it, it's very, very hard to say unless we're talking about a specific business. So yeah. If but yeah, let's say you're starting with kind of like a, someone new or, or haven't really generated yeah. a, They've just been focusing on word of mouth referral, right? which I think a lot yeah. of businesses do that. But okay, now they're wanting to, and just say budget isn't a problem. 
would you suggest then kind of investing in two ways, having leads right now and having leads long-term? And yes. for those who don't really know too much about SEO, yeah, I guess SEO is where you get ranked on Google and people can find you when they're searching. Would you say that that would be the two avenues to go yeah. straight away? Yeah, definitely use both approaches, set up the SEO for long-term and then run some campaigns next to it. So depending where your target audience is actually, what platforms that they're on. So you might be running sort of some sort of Facebook funnel to our website landing page and booking appointments through there. And then also you want to be capturing that data as well. So you can remarket out to them through your, through your funnel. So, yeah. Yeah. How has SEO changed over the years? Like I used to deal with SEO a long, long, long time ago. And over time yeah. I just kind of, can't catch up to it because I remember back then they kind of let you link your website to multiple different sites. And then as long as you're linked back, you get high, ranked high and then they keep changing your algorithm. So where is it right now with SEO? Sure. So the algorithm changes all the time. As I mentioned, we do a lot of local SEO. So with the time that I've been with that, it has changed a lot like you used to have i can't remember if you remember when the maps first came out the google maps so that's where say if we looked up then you go electrician you get shown and there'd be about seven different listings on there since then it's really adapted where you do google only shows three now so and it's a lot more prominent so it's really important that you are outranking those other competitors and really getting seen there it's also a lot more visual so Back then, it was all about your organic rankings. Now, there's lots going on. So you've got knowledge panels at the top. Uh, you've got your Google My Business listings down the side. You've got map packs. You've got a lot more visit visibility. Your business directories are there. Your site links. So there's, there's so much going on there. And it's not all about just getting ranked in one spot. It's really about your, all your digital assets. Yeah, let's talk about local SEO. So imagine, you know, I'm a salon owner. Yeah, like I said, I'm just focusing on walk-ins and haven't really done much online. I... So you're saying that I also try to rank on Google places, like as in, you know, where people find your address. Is that different to kind of the rest of the Google organic as well? Yeah. So, so what you're talking about there, I think you're referring to the Google My Business listing. So that, yeah. that all ties into your map pack as well. So you've got the maps where you try and actually rank for, say, hair salon Melbourne or where, whatever the suburb is. But then say if somebody searches your brand name, so if you're uh, Lynn Pathetti Hair Salon, you also want to have your Google My Business listing you know, optimised in a way that's trustworthy to your clients and going to want to deal with you as soon as they look you up. So you really want to optimise that brand name, but also optimise at the same time for the search uh, keyword. Yeah, I must say, I really would depend on that Google places. Yeah, I'm actually learning that with you now, but the, yeah, basically I would... Pretty much, you know, the first 10 that they give me, I'm like going through them. And then my, my next thing is I'm looking at the reviews. How important is trying to get reviews from customers to help with the ranking too? Does it help with the ranking? It does. Yeah, it's a signal. So there's, there's lots of different signals, obviously, with all this. Google reviews is a good one. With what you're saying there, so you were talking about Google Places. So that, that's actually one of the things that used to be called. So now you're talking a lot more about your Google My Business listing and these map packs together. Okay. Um, so Google yeah, yeah. My Places is different to Google Places. Uh, Google My Business. It's been, it's been renamed a few times. So you, you're, oh, talking okay. about, you're talking about the same thing. Okay. So Google yeah. My Business is what it's currently called now. Yeah. Your Google okay. My Business listing controls all that. Gotcha. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, no, reviews is huge. So I definitely recommend that all businesses have some sort of review process and try to get as many Google reviews as possible, but also extend that to other platforms. So if you're able to get Yelp reviews or Facebook reviews, et cetera, that's all helpful. And things you can feed back to your website too. So 
trust factors is huge. It's not just the fact that, you know, you're getting this extra review on Google, but when people see it, that also shows up in your map packs. So who are you going to get want to deal with? Do you want to go to that salon that's got 55 star reviews or the one that's got 24 star reviews, etc.? Yeah. You, you, you're going to call the other one first, aren't you? And try them out. Yeah. So yeah, making sure you have a review process is, is huge. And yeah, things that we help all our clients with. So. Yeah. And then there's, I, I see that when people have more photos as well, if I'm searching for a local place, I like to really look at photos. So I'm checking in Google, those photos. And yeah, I find that Google more credible than their website. Cause I'm thinking, well, on their website, they're going to just present me what they want. And somehow on Google, I'm just trusting it more. Is that most people's feeling about it yeah. too? Yeah, as we've said, Google's changed a lot of the time to be a lot more visible too. So they're trying to keep you on their platform. So that's why there's all these different things that they've got going on. So they prefer to keep you there instead of people even visiting your website. And that's the data showing that too. So a lot more people will be clicking the just the call now button. They'll be looking at the images on Google, et cetera, et cetera. So your website's still very, very, very important. But Google is now almost like your, your homepage, really. It's like your homepage before your homepage on your website. So yeah. Images, yep. using Google posts, the FAQs on there, reviews, all these different things are really important, particularly with brand visibility. So I think that's what we're more getting at there is that just your whole brand, how it's shown in Google, which is one part of it. And then the second part's obviously showing up when people are actually searching for, you know, what it is you offer. Yeah. And so what would you recommend for businesses? Like there are a lot of consultants nowadays or even my kind of business, which we're kind of like online, we work from home and, you know, do we put our home address on there at, and the Google My Place. Yeah, what would you suggest in terms yeah, of yeah. that? Yeah, there's been a lot of dodgy tactics out with a lot of that stuff. You can see a lot of spam listings even in the Google My Business ah, listings. So okay. if, if you see that, you can actually report them because, you know, you don't want all this spam coming up in listings and pushing you out of map pads, et cetera, and costing you leads. But what I would be doing is, yeah, if you work from home, is to use your home address. I think that's the most ethical way to be doing it. There is so much spam that goes on out there and people that are using because I just, I guess I feel the fear of like, well, I know people aren't just going to rock up to my house, but then the other side is I'm feeling, oh, it's like, it's a place where I live. Like, what would you say? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So in that you can actually hide your address. So in those situations, you can hide your, hide your address if you're just a home business, so service-based ah. business, that you do go out to clients, locations, et cetera, and they don't really come to you. In those sorts of cases, you can hide your address in, in Google. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Something yeah. for me to note about that. Okay. That's exactly. awesome. Yeah. 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 Okay. So in terms of like SEO, like well, how long would it take for you to start ranking or feeling like there's some traction with, with that, yeah, being able to be found? Totally different between if it's a local versus national versus international mm -hmm. campaign. So with a local campaign, we like to be seeing visibility improvements very, very quickly. So a, a lot of people will say, you know, it takes six to eight months to actually see results for some of your keyword rankings, et cetera. Uh, so we like to work on other things at the same, the same time. And that's really your brand visibility, getting that on point, getting trust, improving conversions, all that type of stuff. And that can be seen much, much quicker. And then at the same time, you also work, that also helps compound onto, you know, your keyword rankings, trying to really rank for the local electrician in Bendigo type spot in the Google map packs. And, yeah. So uh, you would say it's easier for local because it's kind of very specific and you're trying to cater to a market very smaller and it, and the keywords aren't as competitive. No, I wouldn't exactly say that. There's still a lot that goes into it. So like, 
say if we're talking about electricians now, you know, you might still have 20 or 30 local electricians and you're all competing for the same three spots. Mm. And there's so many different signals for Google. And a big one's proximity. So it's very, very hard these days if you're located in the middle of a location and somebody else is out in a suburb that may be 10 kilometres out, even though they might be just an amazing electrician, they have to do a lot more work to get those same map pack results as somebody that might be located much closer to the search's location. And, and that's been a big change in Google as well. Like that never used to be the case. People would say, oh, I want to rank number one for X keyword. And it's like people would expect that. But now the rankings actually are much different in local where search's location is very, very relevant. And a whole heap of other signals, you know, what browsing history they've got, what devices they're searching from, all that type of stuff. But location is huge. So. That is so true because, I mean, yeah, I mean, as Google get more advanced, they're going to make it so much more relevant for the ones searching. And so how would you prove to a client? So let's say you're, you know, you're from your browser, the client's ranking really good in this and then from, I don't know, someone else's point of view or, or the client, they're like, how come I'm not ranked? Is that kind of could be the case? Yeah, and look, there are things yeah, we have to educate our clients and it's, it normally takes more than one sitting with them yeah. over time. It's just educating them how that all works. You know, why am I actually ranking number one from where I'm sitting right now? But if you go 10 kilometres down the road, why am I fifth, etc.? So, And they're types of things where we just got to prove to Google that, you know, they're, they're a bigger authority in what they do, a lot more relevant in their industry, etc. And like, yeah, even a lot of user signals. So, you know, people are leaving Google reviews, they're talking about them, etc. So just becoming a lot bigger authority in what they do compared to competitors. Yeah. I mean, as a business, I th really think they just need to engage with someone expert like you because you're always onto this topic and you're always checking, you know, knowing what's what's the update and how to kind of maneuver your your strategies because, you know, as a business owner, you just can't focus on it. What do you all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. What do you say about actual blog content being relevant? So back in the days, I remember we just have to pump out a lot of content so that Google feels like we've got a lot of content. Is that still kind of the... Yeah, con content's huge. As long as it's relevant, it's not, you know, you can put on a whole heap of articles on your website, but if it's really not relevant, it's not going to help your rank. So in a local sense, yeah, getting actual local content on there is good. So even little things like if you're trying to rank outside your suburb a little bit, if you're having issues, you might have local landing pages. But just talking about your industry is good for your blog, you know, how-to tips, any of that type of stuff. But it still needs to be structured the right way on your website to actually have any effect. Still need to be bringing in links to these pages, et cetera, et cetera. So it's important, but it just has to be structured the right way. Yeah, yeah. Want to make a difference in others' lives? Join us in providing food, medical supplies, and daily living necessities to tribal communities living in extreme poverty in the Philippines. For as little as $50, you can feed a whole village and have peace of mind that 100% of your donations goes directly to those in need. Be a part of our OA Love Projects and visit OutsourcingAngel.com. And like, I guess, cause I know, I remember back a long time ago when I was doing agency and, you know, cause SEO is kind of the front end, you know, getting the leads in, but when they're not actually making the sale, they're kind of like, SEO isn't working. Do you having to kind of also then help look into, well, maybe their sales process or conversion isn't working. Is that like, does it, do you end exactly. up leading to that kind of area? Yeah. Yeah. Look, we get into that actually really early. Like we don't actually work with any clients that we don't feel like we could bring an ROI for. So like we actually dive right into the numbers before mm. we ever get started on anything, work out where they're at, where they're trying to get to. 
make sure that they're even set up with all the right metrics. So you want to make sure Google Analytics is set up, uh, Google Tag Manager, so it's tracking how many calls are coming through, how many contact form inquiries, all that type of stuff. Yeah, that, that's all really, really important. And then also providing them those insights on a regular basis. So that's one thing. We've always got contact with them, showing them how they're performing. Yeah, there's no point. A lot, a lot of businesses come to us and they may not even know any of these numbers because they've never had it set up properly to start. Yeah. So it's important to dive into that before even starting a campaign. What would be some of your questions that you would ask the client as a, you know, if they're coming on board in terms of like their goals or what, what, what are those questions like? You know, like maybe as a client, you don't even know how many leads you want. You might go, is, is that one of the questions that you also ask? How many leads do you want? Obviously, some clients are a lot more specific than others. Others have got no idea. Like mm. they just don't know what to expect sometimes. But so we just try to dig in and try to get as specific as possible, just to understand about their business. And generally, that normally just helps them come up with sort of you know, rough figures of what they're trying to do. But we adapt that over time. So we can work out pretty quickly if they're going to be a client that we can get leads for or not, particularly after the time you've done your competitor research and keyword research, all that type of stuff, yeah. um, understanding their industry. So yeah. Are um, you able to share some of those kind of key questions that you would you know, try to discover from the client? Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. So, well, I suppose we need an example because every... <laughs> yeah, give me an example of you know, a case study that you worked with a, yeah, yeah. a client because then we okay. can really see the journey. Yeah, sure. So it's like a chiropractor. We'll use a chiropractor, for example. Yeah, we, we've had one recently, so they've come on board. So we want to obviously understand uh, the metrics that they got going on behind the scenes, but we also want to know more about their process. So what is the customer journey when they come into them? So where do leads currently come from? If a lead does come through, what's their process? Do they have to book like a, some sort of first visit with them at first or do they come in and see you? You know, what is that actual process from actually becoming a lead to a sales? So we like to understand their process. From there, we do get diving into a lot of the metrics though. So understanding how many customers they currently get, what is it actually worth to them? What's the lifetime value of that customer? They'll start to click a wall we don't actually know. And that's when we start to, I guess, re reverse engineer that a little bit and work out, okay, what's a customer worth to them? And then I guess that helps them a lot too. Once they actually know their customer worth, so the lifetime value, they can work out, well, how much do they actually want to be spending on particular marketing activities and how much can they be spending to make it actually profitable? So. Yeah, normally, normally it just flows on. So we, we'll start with a few of those questions and then it just flows on learning more about their business and their industry. So Yeah, yeah, that makes so much sense. And like with so many keywords that you could potentially go for, like how do you know what to go for? And I'm sure the, the, the popular keywords would be very competitive. So would, what yeah. strategy do you have around picking the right keywords? Yeah, sure. So obviously there's a lot of tools that we can use for, for a lot of that research. But I won't dive into to most of that. With with it, like say if you're talking about the chiropractor, so you would be looking for you know chiropractor in your location. Um, so it might be chiropractor Bendigo, or it might be just people typing in chiropractor and making sure that they're coming up in that proximity of where that search's location is. So that's a starting point, and then you dig out from there. Okay, so what type of chiropractic services do you offer? So there might be sort of you know family chiropractic care. Some of them do infants, some do um, sports chiropractic. They might have other services as well. So massage, for example. So you might start at massage. You're looking at remedial massage. You know there might be different services they offer for elderly, all that type of stuff. So we build it out from there. And then you can actually look for longer tail stuff for, from there as well. So, you know, sort of how to keywords and best keywords, all that type of stuff as well. Yeah. So then how many keywords can you really target as part of the campaign? Let's say if a client was working with you, is there like a limit to the keywords or? 
Yeah, we, we don't really cap it on the amount of keywords. So it's really about search visibility and then bringing in the amount of leads that they need to get to. That's the focus. The keywords though, you're normally like trying to approach every page for one keyword. You, you don't try to stuff too many keywords on the one page. So you might have one overarching topic on it, but then that page could still rank for a lot of longer tail stuff on it. So yeah. if you're low ranking for a family chiropractor in Bendigo, that's going to be your main keyword, but it's still going to pick up a lot of other search terms that people are looking for around family chiropractors. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like your approach because you're not, you know, you're always thinking holistically, like, how, like, what does it take to achieve the results? So that means your keywords might change, the number of keywords might change. And that, yeah. I really like that approach. Whereas I think a lot of SEO companies that I've worked with are kind of like, I don't know, it's just like pick those keywords and then they're, they're stuck with those keywords forever. And, and it doesn't feel like they're actually adapting with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we like to look, look, we work with our clients month to month. So every month we've got a call with them. It's not like just, they, they're not just getting a rankings report, for example, mm. saying you're ranking here, here and here. And then, you know, people might be hoping that their CEO company is still doing all this work from. We actually meet with them every month and say, you know, how's business going? You know, what are you experiencing at your end? What's changing? All that type of stuff. And then from there, we can actually start to, you know, discuss strategy a little bit more. Is there any strategy we need to be changing from our end? And, you know, like if there's new keywords that we should be targeting, we'll, we'll work out a strategy on how to do that. Yeah, it makes so much sense because sometimes you, know, you come in there here for leads and then along the way you're, you're so focused on, oh my God, why is my keyword on, on page two and not page one? And it's kind of like, yeah. that's not the point anymore. The point is like, no. is your leads growing? Exactly, exactly. And, and like you can do that without actually your key, you know, your keyword rankings growing as well. Like it can be actually all about the conversions as well. So keyword might be a position three, for example, but how is that converting at the time? So what are the you know, meta title, meta description, et cetera, that's actually on there? What are the conversions like once it gets to the website? Is the website showing enough trust factors? Are they then clicking the booking forms, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a lot more holistic approach than just simply ranking. So. Yeah, this is the person you need to talk to. This is the person that is going to help you achieve the result, not just an SEO yeah, ranker. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. What would be your advice on non-local business who kind of, you know, reach their target market is global, could be anybody. Sure. Let's just say an example of my business. I'm a VA company and I can technically service Australia and America, or, you know, first world countries. Yeah, like, do you have any advice around trying to, do I have to rank for Google.com in different countries or like, or? It's, it's, yeah, it's not quite as specific. Across countries, you, you will show it differently. But like, say, if you're searching from Melbourne and Sydney, the rankings won't be quite as different as what it is that it's a real local proximity, like a restaurant and somebody's mm. searching nearby. It's not to that extent, okay? Mm. But yeah, you still want to be checking those different rankings. It'll be a totally different approach. You would be focusing probably a lot more on content, et cetera really working out what your competitors are doing and reverse engineering sort of what they're doing and for you to do it a lot better. So mm, yeah, mm. That, look, that's keeping it simple. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I can imagine it's a yeah. complicated case study there. <laughs> what would be your key tools that you rely on to help with your SEO work for people? Yeah, sure. There's, there's a lot of them. Ahrefs is really, really good. I'll just think of a couple of tools that are helpful for end users here to use would be something like local Viking, local Falcon is really good to see those results that we were talking about earlier to show that you are ranking differently across different areas. So that, yeah. that's a really cool tool for, for the end user as well. Just making sure that they're using a digital assets like their Google My Business listing, claiming it in particular, and then optimizing it to its full potential. It's not really a tool, but it's an asset that yeah. most clients are just not utilizing. So that's something they can be doing themselves. 
But we've got a lot of different technical tools that probably the audience, it's probably a bit much for. So there's things like Moz and a lot of these other tools out there. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I'd say if, if an end user is doing it themselves for their own business, get their Google My Business under control. That's, that's huge. Doesn't matter if that's local or national. So you still should be claiming that and optimizing it there. Some other things to look at would be, you know, your trust factors reviews, getting that under control. Even little things like, it's probably more of a process just for them is go in and search for yourself, like simply Google your own brand. Okay. So that's, that's better than some of these tools that are out there. Actually give it the eye test. How does your brand show up on Google yourself? How are the business directories displaying you? What's on the right hand side with your Google My Business listing? And actually just really look at how you can optimize that. So yeah, that's yeah. something each business can do themselves without having to have all these technical tools. Yeah. And how important is it to also create kind of goals, tracking goals within analytics? Because it's not simply of yeah. how many people visit at your website is the number. You really want right. to track the yeah, yeah what are those areas that you would suggest that's right so I, I definitely recommend breaking down what are your kpis so what actually is meaningful to your business a lot of the times it may be just lead generation or quality leads in particular so you want to be able to set up things like the call tracking tracking through email contact forms there may be little micro conversions in there too that are really important to you like how many people are getting to say a particular download of yours which then leads to a next step those types of things so Set up your KPIs in Google Analytics and set up Tag Manager with it. It's a good thing. And then actually just have a reporting process as well that gives you it in a nice, tidy way that, <laughs> that you can analyze yourself and then can make obviously changes to. So. Great, great, great tips. So how do people connect with you, Matt? A few different ways. Website, go to the Get, Get Started page on our website or just our contact form. That's fine. LinkedIn, we've got Matthew Hawker or Hawker Web Solutions. Look, that's that's the main way. Um, oh, you can email as well. Hello at hawkerwebsolutions.com.au. So. Awesome, awesome. All right, well, I've got to my next segment, which is I'm going to ask you five questions, fun questions, and you just okay. have to choose this or that choice okay. and just yep. elaborate your answer so yeah, we get to know Matthew a little bit. No worries. Okay, cool. Number one, this is a bit of an odd question I came up with. Okay. Do you prefer Wednesdays or Thursdays? <laughs> Oh, okay. Wednesdays or Thursdays? Thursdays. Thursdays, yeah. I'm, I'm a big sports fan and it's getting closer to the, to the weekend where a lot of sports start. So golf for me starts on a Thursday, basketball and footy, footy's on tonight. So yeah, things like that. So Thursday. Great question. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I usually ask people Mondays or Friday, but I thought today I was like, why not Wednesdays and Thursdays? But I love your answer. Yeah, yeah. We get to know your sports fan. Your yeah, I've never fan. thought about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Question two. If you could have a superpower between these two, what would you do? Eat all day and don't get fat or drink as much alcohol as you want and never get a hangover or get fat. Like there's no consequences of our drinking or eating. Oh, okay. So that eat without getting fat, like, yeah, I don't really have that issue too much anyway. But yeah, I, I used to be a bit of a drinker, but I'm not that big of a drinker these days. So yeah. Yeah, eating it is. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Third question. Do you prefer going to Perth or Gold Coast? I've only ever been to Perth once, and that's when I was younger. So let, let's just say Perth this time because I yeah. haven't been there in a long time. Yeah, yeah. You've been to Gold Coast a lot? Uh, we've been to Gold Coast a few times, yeah. yeah. So, But, yeah, I, I like the Gold Coast. I just can't I can't even remember too much about Perth because I was so Yeah, young, so. and it's too far. Yeah, so let's say go. Like, oh, okay, it's a five-hour trip. Like, yeah. It, it, yeah, it makes it far. Yeah. Anyway, okay, fourth question. Expert or influence? Influence, I guess. 
Yeah, I guess it's just good to be able to influence people in a positive way and help them achieve their goals with what we're doing. And I guess, yeah, it'd be good to do that in one. Yeah, some of, some of these types of ones are the things that I'm, I'm a person that needs to really think about these things. And yeah, I'll probably yeah, come yeah. back with a good answer in a week. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and that's the, the point spot. of my question. Some of them are quite complicated or it's so similar that you have to really think. So don't, yeah, don't feel bad about yeah. that. Well, this, this last one is an easy one. Do you prefer Christmas or New Year's Eve? I enjoy Christmas, yeah, yeah. Uh, particularly with a young family now. So just you know, seeing how excited kids get, yeah, just being around family and friends, it's a, it's really a hundred percent. I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've yeah. never enjoyed Christmas so much until I had the younger kids, and and yeah, it's just yeah, really really fun. Exactly. Great stuff. Yeah. Well, we really got to know you there. Well, I have two last questions before our podcast ends. My question for you is, what does a kind boss mean to you? Because this is a kind boss show, and I really want to encourage yeah. people to understand more about kindness. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. As a small business, I guess, who hasn't really worked in like complicated business structures too much, like I've had my own business since 2003 and it's always been very, very small. I guess it's not something I've sort of actively had to think about because we've only had a certain amount of employees. But for our small team, I guess, would be just treating them well, setting them up in a happy and positive environment. I guess giving them opportunities to grow is is a good one too. And yeah, just overall making sure they're happy. But we've also got a little bit of a different situation as well, where I work with my wife back beside me most of the day as well. So I like to think it's probably also about a little bit being just a kind human, which hopefully you'd, you'd hope that that's just coming natural at the time. But yeah, I just need to make sure, I guess, whatever we're doing at the time, we're, we're both just happy. So yeah, my, my thoughts on it. But yeah, as a small business, it's probably much different than to other people's. Uh, <laughs> so you're saying it's well. easier to be kind when it's small than <laughs> when, it, when it's bigger? No, no, it shouldn't be. Yeah, it's probably just something I, uh, we haven't actually actively thought about. It's just something that's come na- natural, yeah. you know, being a kind human. So. Yeah, yeah, and that's why yeah. you're here, you know. It's kind yeah. of you, you just embody a kind person and you don't, probably don't know how to explain because you just are. And But anyway, and I can see that and that's why I wanted you to come on this show because you're a perfect example of, of what kindness is. So I have the last question for you. What do you want the world to remember Matthew for? I think, think this has changed a lot over time and my answer is probably going to say, sound very cliche. But now, obviously, having a young family, etc., things change a lot over time. So I'd just like to, um, I guess, remember them for being a, a great dad and role model for my three boys, you know, help them grow up to be amazing, you know, amazing guys as well loving husband to, the, to my wife, Beck, and someone that just enjoyed spending quality time, I guess, with family, friends, a few things about me, just sports, things like that. From a work perspective, if we wanted to add that in there, I guess I'd just like to be uh, seen as passionate of actually helping our clients. So, yeah, but it's more about those family family yeah love it you're you know i can see you're a very simple guy and and you know you yeah you just want to make sure you're you're the best to the people that's close to you who's around you that you spend so much time with so that's really beautiful because sometimes we could get so carried away with big i mean that this is me being guilty here being so like out there and you know sometimes i need to pull back and just go me and and my immediate people too so thanks for that reminder no that's that's no worries yeah and that's changed a lot over time too ask me 10 years ago it would have been a much different answer but particularly as you get to this stage and family comes along yeah i i guess perspective probably changed yeah yeah we're always evolving we're always becoming something new but uh, thank you so much matthew for spending time with me i really learned so much about seo i'm definitely going to tell my team to be listening to this as well because we're we're still you know trying to get better and better with our um our seo for our own company so thank you so much no worries at all thanks lynn thanks for having me 
Thank you for joining our podcast today. We hope this interview has inspired and humbled you to be a kind boss. Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel and let us know what you think about our show. If you have any questions, please visit OutsourcingAngel.com. Until then, stay kind and spread love.